Point Production is brought to you by Derek Commodities Press, a subsidiary of LBM Entertainment, exclusively licensed for use on Patreon.com. Enjoy the show. This week's episodes are sponsored by Unscripted Roasters, a black, veteran, and woman-owned coffee bean roasting company. For more information, please go to Instagram.com slash UnscriptedBarista. Hey guys, it's Derek. Um, first of all, I'd say Happy New Year. Welcome back. Hopefully you guys enjoyed your holiday break. I sure know that I enjoyed mine. Um, aside from the fact that COVID cases are surging and rising and, uh, they were rising all around me and my loved ones and things like that. So I want you guys to absolutely, number one, stay safe. Um, number two, mask up, social distance, all that good stuff. Um, initially, you know, it made me really think about it when the outbreak first hit the U.S. uh, back in early 2020 a lot of people were saying summer of 2022 before we went back to normal here we are 2022 entering covid again for the third year in a row and it looks like yeah summer 2022 so um my advice to you guys would again be to stay safe mask up social distance and all that good stuff make sure you're taking care of yourself uh and also taking care of your mental health as well um awareness on across all fronts you know um we want to make sure that we all make it to see new year's 2023 and so on and so forth but the break is over um if you are listening to this via the retro uh boys pod this is a special edition this is the week in gaming this is a show that i do on my patreon patrons get first access and then it goes to the all our nonsense podcast network as well as the uh the Derek Lamont Experience YouTube channel. Uh, I'm giving it to you guys here. It will go to those places as well, but it will, will release day and day across all platforms. So um, if you want to continue to hear this and you're just listening on the Retro uh, Retro Boys pod, you need to uh, subscribe to a Patreon, patreon.com slash Derek Lamont Experience. And also you can listen on the All Our Nonsense podcast network as well. So this is the Week in Gaming. Not too deep, not too in-depth, because there wasn't many, weren't many stories going across the board as far as gaming went. Um, just going to start off. Number one, what did you guys get for Christmas, you know, in, as far as gaming goes? What were you guys playing? Um, I got some gift cards and stuff like that from family members, so I got FIFA 22. I caught that on sale. Mortal Kombat 11, I caught that on sale. Um, I also picked up Guardians of the Galaxy, playing on, on the Xbox Series X. I initially said I didn't have a game of the year for 2021 because nothing really wowed me. I take that back. Guardians of the Galaxy is that game for me. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. I think the writing is great. I love it. I love the MCU. Uh, I'm really early in the game, but I'm telling you it's that good that I'm like, well, this is my game of the year. That's how confident I am in it. So that's what I'm playing. Also got a backbone for Christmas, so I can um, just slide my iPhone right in there and play some games while I'm on the go. PlayStation Remote Play, Xbox, uh, xCloud Gaming, all that stuff. Also been playing some xCloud on my iPad with syncing uh, an Xbox wireless controller to it. Played some Gears of War, played some Mortal Kombat and stuff like that. I'm really liking it. I love the way that gaming has come so far that we can game on the go and do all these things that we love to do. So this is really, really awesome for me. I really enjoyed it. But I want to hear from you guys. What did you get gaming-wise for Christmas? Did you enjoy it? Um... You know, what are you playing? What did you play over the holiday break? Stuff like that. Um, follow at um, all twitter.com slash allournonsense or twitter.com slash retroboyspod. Um, 
yeah, so let me just go ahead and jump into the slight bit of news that we got. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the fact that, you know, we knew Sony was going to do something like this every time some company popped up with uh, faceplates for the PlayStation 5 and then Sony would sue them. I'm like, this tells me that at some point Sony is going to release their own faceplates for the PS5, and of course that did happen. PlayStation 5 console covers officially announced coming January of 2022, so that's going to be very, very soon. Sony has officially announced a new series of PS5 console covers priced at $55, which is really, really a good price. And I'm looking at these, and I really, really want to get a couple. Definitely want to do the black to black out the PlayStation. Um, the Cosmic Red matches the Cosmic Red controller. Um, so, yeah, you have Midnight Black, Cosmic Red, uh, Nova Pink, which actually looks really cool, Starlight Blue, and Galactic Purple. The article goes on to say, uh, Sony says that these Galaxy-inspired colors will uh, launch globally starting in January 2022 at participating retailers and can be easily applied to existing PS5 consoles and its disc-free digital edition. Simply pop the current white cover off, click the new one on, uh, new one of your choice into place, and you'll be good to go. In addition to that, new color variants of the DualSense controller are also on the way, joining the previously released Midnight Black and Cosmic Red uh, versions. Uh, similar to the PS5 covers, the controllers will also be available in Nova Pink, Starlight Blue, and Galactic Purple. Um, yeah, I probably definitely want to get a Midnight Black one. Back in November, a patent filed by Sony implied that replacement faceplates were on the way as the company registered documents for an ornamental design for a cover uh, for an electronic device with diagrams of the PS5 faceplates being used for illustrative purposes. Again, once they started you know, handing out those lawsuits and those cease and desist, it's like, okay, they're going to do their own faceplates. This is absolutely coming. Previously, the only way to customize a PS5 was to grab a can of spray paint or a third-party option from companies such as D-Brand, which offered dark plates for $50. That pro uh, product attracted Sony's attracted, I'm sorry, Sony's legal team in 2020, and D-Brand received a fresh legal threat from Sony's lawyers, which resulted in the company shutting down all dark plate production and replacing them with more distinctive dark plate 2.0 shells, and then also saying, sue us, Sony, we dare you. And, of course, Sony did. Uh, if you're looking to grab one of the official PS5 pa uh, faceplates, pre-orders are now live on Sony's website. So if you guys are interested in that, go on over to the Sony website and order yourself a PlayStation 5 faceplate. Um, I'm going to get some. I just don't know when. Um, other interesting news as far as upgrading your console, you can now upgrade your original Switch to, with the new and improved dock. This is really cool. Nintendo now sells the Switch OLED dock for $70. Uh, while the Switch OLED model was first announced, I'm sorry, when the Switch OLED model was first announced, Nintendo stated that the console's dock would be available to buy on its own in the future, and that day has now arrived. Nintendo's online store will now sell you the slightly upgraded dock for $70, which is $10 more than the original one. Uh, I don't want it that bad. What do you get for the extra $10? In addition to featuring a shiny new white color scheme and a slightly more curved design than its predecessor, the Switch OLED dock comes with a small but significant upgrade. Wired internet access. While the original dock features two USB 2.0 ports, here's the only um, here. There's only one, with the second being subbed out for an Ethernet port. So you give a little, you take a little. It is what it is. Early teardowns also suggest that the new dock has been upgraded to feature an HDMI 2.0 controller over the 1.4 found in the original. Though, given the Switch OLED ended up without the long rumored 4K output promised by the Switch Pro, or so we were told. That's not much to talk about. Both docks can be used either uh, can be used with either switch according to Nintendo's own FAQ. <coughs> Excuse me. Though it does not suggest that using the old switch with the new dock might require software update before wired internet works. 
So you need to go through one more wireless download before switching to the stability of a wired connection then. Okay, well that's something. Um, if you want a second dock and prefer a wired connection then paying an extra $10 for the Switch OLED version is definitely the sensible option. While you can add wired internet to your existing dock, Nintendo will charge you $30 for the official USB to Ethernet adapter. The unofficial versions do exist if you're on a budget. If that sounds a bit much, Nintendo does also sell refurbished versions for $40, including this rather snazzy pastel-shaded Animal Crossing version featuring Tom, Nook, and Sons. Could care less about that. Uh, my daughter actually got that version for Christmas last year from her mom and her soon-to-be stepdad. What does the future hold for the long run of Switch Pro with the 4K upgrade? Well, some believe that was the original plan with the Switch OLED, a plan that Nintendo was forced to scale back due to the ongoing global chip shortage. Lots of developers reported receiving 4K development kits, though it's possible this is for whatever follows the Switch, even if Nintendo claims we're only at the middle phase of the Switch's life. In any case, it doesn't look like we'll see any new hardware from Nintendo next year, so finding elusive Switch OLED stock will likely be as good as it gets for now. Um, I did. I do remember that they did tell developers to make their game 4K ready. That really was a thing. So that tells me that the Switch Pro, this 4K model, probably actually was a thing. And like they said, with the uh, global chip shortage, they had to pivot on that. Um, do I think we'll see it at some point? Possibly. Um, I hope that they don't shoot themselves in the foot where they went from the Wii to the Wii U and it didn't really work out. If they're going to iterate on the Switch, it needs to be better than the predecessor. The Wii U was not better than the Wii. Not in my opinion. I bought a Wii U at launch and then I sold it and actually bought another one. I did enjoy the console. My only issue is the gamepad should not have been the prohibitive controller. The the uh, little pro controller that kind of looks like an Xbox 360 controller, that should have came with the console and the gamepad should have been an accessory you could have bought. That way it would have worked. Um, a lot of people didn't understand what was going on. They lost developer support. Needless to say, the Wii U only sold 13 million units lifetime. So, not really good. Um, yeah, moving forward though, I still think Nintendo's gonna jump into the four, the 4K 4A because we are heading that way. There's a lot more 4K televisions and they're more readily available at stores and things like that at better pricing. Um, and like I said, I've said this many times, when Sony and Microsoft are aiming for 8K, Nintendo's going to start shooting for 4K, and we're right about at that point. So I did actually write a very interesting piece about what's next from Nintendo or what I feel, my feelings toward the big end and things like that. You should go to retrovoicepod.tumblr.com to read that. Uh, I'll actually put the link in the episode uh, details as well so you guys can go there and read that. Um, more interesting news. <clears throat> This comes from PhoneArena.com. Sony intended to launch its PlayStation Now gaming streaming service on iOS and Android. Not very surprised by this. The ongoing lawsuit between Apple and Fortnite uh, maker Epic Games is the gift that keeps on giving. As the next revelation from the court documents, the arguments of the prosecution and the court uh, counter-argument to the defense reveals that Sony wanted PlayStation Now to be mobile. That's right. It seems that Sony had plans to bring uh, its extremely popular game streaming service to your iPhone or Android handsets as well as tablets. Spotted by The Verge in the trial was the telling sentence for a not-yet-announced mobile extension of an existing streaming service for PlayStation users. Streaming access to over 450-plus PS3 games to start with PS4 games to follow. What does that tell you? That's definitely PlayStation Now. Sony's PlayStation Now offers access to hundreds of games for one uh, low monthly price, and an iOS or Android subscription could have catapulted the popularity of the service to str uh, strat 
stratospheric heights. That's a mouthful. Given that most of the graphics rendering is done on Sony's side, those games have likely been played on mobile hardware with little issues, save for the pesky one of the small screens. Of course, but there would have been undoubtedly have been an option for mirroring those to a TV. But at that point, most people who are going to use PlayStation now more than likely have a PlayStation console. So why mirror to the Well, I guess if you're not home and don't have access to your console, you're at somebody else's home. If their television is available to you, you can mirror there. So I guess that makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, mm, doesn't make sense. In any case, this nugget of PlayStation Now mobile info was tucked in the part where Apple explains how and why it launched its own arcade gaming service and preempted any moves to occupy the space by the competition. Ah, okay, this is interesting. Um, not surprised. Number one, not surprised by this. And nobody who's, you know, involved in games media and podcasting about games and things like that should be surprised. Um, you have the option to do remote play from an iPhone. Maybe from uh, from an iPad, you definitely do. I know that you can sync a PlayStation controller to an iPad through Bluetooth, the same way you can do with an Xbox controller. Um, last generation, I had a PlayStation Vita, and I could play remote play on my Vita to my PS4 and things like that. We were trying to get away from our televisions and be able to be able to game on the go, or if the TV is occupied by a group of people and you still want to game. This was your option. Game streaming was offered midway, early through the Xbox One life cycle as well. Um, this, These are all these options. I talked about getting a backbone for Christmas and all that stuff earlier. This is how these things happen. This is to make games more accessible. When we were kids and you had to turn it to Channel 3 to play video games and your parents wanted to watch something, you had company, get off the family room TV, we have company, blah, 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 blah. Right? Um, we don't live under that world anymore because most kids have TVs in their bedrooms and you have multiple televisions in your home. But in the 80s, if you had two or three, that was a really big deal. It was like, they got three or four TVs. They're rich. You weren't rich. You just, your parents just really thought that everybody needed a TV so you wouldn't have to be bothered with turning to Channel 3 to play Super Mario Brothers. However, again, the world is changing and we're becoming less reliant on our television sets and set-top boxes and things like that. Um, they're going to start manufacturing televisions. There was a point, if you bought a Sony Bravia TV, PlayStation Now was embedded in there. And then they took it out, and I don't know why. And now there's a point where you're going to start buying televisions that have like the Roku built in with all the apps, and there will be an Xbox app, and all you have to do is sync a controller to your TV, and voila, there you have Xbox gameplay. And if you have Game Pass... Then you have access to Game Cloud. You don't actually have to download the game. You just play the games via stream. Again, I got Mortal Kombat 11 very cheap for Christmas through the sale. I haven't actually downloaded it on my Series X. I'm just streaming it because it's in the cloud. And that's the beauty of everything that's going on right now. So this is not surprising to me. Um, I don't know why it took so long for this to even be a story. But again, it came out in that information. Um, so... Uh, Probably Sony, I'm, I'm not saying they tucked their tail between their legs. I'm not sure what their plan was going to be, but we've heard the rumors of the Sony Game Pass competitor, which is going to be PlayStation Plus, and they're going to kill the PlayStation Now uh, name, and it'll all be PlayStation Plus, and it'll be a tiered membership. So, like, you have Game Pass for 10 bucks, then you get Game Pass Ultimate for 15 where you get console and PC access and gives you xCloud. 
going to be the same, basically the same thing for Sony. And I don't know how you fit the PlayStation Plus collection into there if you were a, play, or if you were a PS5 owner. I don't know how all that fits in, but we'll see going forward. My next story comes from IGN.com. Uh, Ubisoft announces a Splinter Cell remake, and it's in development at Ubisoft Toronto. Congrats to all those people who are holding out and wishing, like, we want more Splinter Cell, we want Splinter Cell. They keep teasing and da-da-da-da-da. Well, you're going to get it. Ubisoft has announced that it's greenlit the development of a remake of its stealth classic Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. Ooh, it's a remake. Okay. Announced on Ubisoft's website, the remake will be developed by lead studio Ubisoft Toronto, the developers of Splinter Cell Blacklist. It will be built from the ground up using the Snowdrop engine, which is the tech being used for the Division games. Interesting. The upcoming Avatar Frontiers of Pandora game and Ubisoft's as-yet-untitled Star Wars game. So they're going to build that in the same engine. That's really interesting. In an interview posted to the Ubisoft website, producer Matt West said, I think it kind of has to be a remake as opposed to a remaster. Although we're still in the very earliest stages of development, what we're trying to do is make sure the spirit of the earlier games remains intact in all the ways that gave early Splinter Cell its identity. Part of keeping that remake true to the series' identity is that it will be a linear game and not open world akin to many other Ubisoft games. Okay, you sold me. That's all I need to know. I prefer linear games to open world games. Everybody does not need to make an open world game. I haven't played Halo in probably a week or two. Um, everybody says once you get through certain stuff, you get to the open world phase. And I'm just like, do I really want to do that? Do I really? Like in The Last of Us Part Two, where you leave Jackson and you get to Seattle and it's kind of open world like there's open world elements and there's the map and it's like and every time I think about I'm gonna replay The Last of Us 2 and I'm like do I really want to go through all that shit again because it's a long fucking game but it's a good fucking game I will say that um as for the gameplay that happens within those linear levels, the emphasis is once again on stealth not action, it's safe to say a lot of us on the team are stealth purists and we're behind that level of seriousness when it comes to those kind of mechanics and those sorts of things that we want to see in this game, says Chris Audi, Splinter Cell's new creative director. And we're very, very aware of what makes classic Splinter Cell what it is. It's important for us to preserve the sense of mastery by the supporting players who observe the situations, make their plan, use their gadgets, and outsmart the enemy creatively to deal with the challenges they are uh, presented with, he explained. Ideally, they end up coming out on the other side with no one having realized you were even there. That's the essence of Splinter Cell. Uh, the gameplay experience we are targeting is directly tied to what we want players to feel to capture the essence back when we were all playing the original game, said Wes. It's unclear if anyone from the original Splinter Cell team is working on this remake, but technical producer Peter Hadrino says that the series veterans are part of the new team. There are a lot of vets here, so we're going to have a really good mix of people who have worked on previous Splinter Cell games and new team members who are joining and bringing fresh energy and fresh ideas, he said. Doesn't sound like it's going to be a one-of-one. -one. We'll see. But it looks like this remake could just be the start of Ubisoft's revised efforts on Splinter Cell. With this remake, we are building a solid base for the future of Splinter Cell, Audi said. While this is the first true Splinter Cell game for many years, Ubisoft has also last, also last year announced that a Splinter Cell VR game is in development. With two Splinter Cell games in active production, it means Sam Fisher's curse of being relegated to a guest star in every other Tom Clancy game in Ghost Recon and Rainbow Six seems to be finally over. Um, if you're a Splinter Cell fan, kudos to you guys for this. You earned it. You waited and waited and waited, and they're finally giving it to you. Um, Jesus Christ, I just had a point to make, and now I actually can't think about it. Um, I don't know. Play it when it comes out. Oh, this is the point I was going to make. I thought about this. Um, when they do remakes of these games, they're testing the water to continue the franchise, right? When they did the Crash 
uh, remastered trilogy on PlayStation 4, they are testing the waters. And then we got Crash Team Racing, and then we got a brand new Crash game. They're testing the waters. So if you guys want Sam Fisher and Splinter Cell back, you have to play this remake. Alright? And that's all there is to it. Speaking of things you want, I'm going to tell you this right now before I go into the story from comicbook.com. I haven't played the GTA Online Dr. Dre thing. Um, apparently, you need to have like so much money in the game to even play it, which is bullshit. Rockstar's really fucking people over. I know a lot of people keep complaining about when is GTA 6 coming, when are we going to get GTA 6, when are we going to get GTA 6 news. If you want GTA 6... Stop playing GTA Online. It's as simple as that. You're keeping the lights on over at Rockstar by playing that expansion, or whatever the fuck it is, whatever you want to call it. If you stop playing it, it would force them to jump into development of something new. The more you play that game, the longer it'll be before GTA 6. It is now 2022. Do you know what that tells me? We are almost a full decade since the last new GTA game. September of 2013 is when GTA 5 came out. We are a year away from 2023. Think about that. Stop playing GTA Online if you want GTA 6. But anyway, getting to the story. Rockstar Games website updated with possible Bully 2 tease. The Rockstar Games website has been updated with a potential Bully 2 tease. This month, rumors began to surface that the long-awaited sequel to the 2006 Rockstar Classic was not only finally happening, but going to be revealed soon. Since then, conflicting rumors have surfaced claiming that Rockstar Games is back to working on Bully, but it's a remaster of the first game, not Bully 2. Do a remake. You can't, like... Clearly, remasters aren't working out for you guys, as you can see by the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Definitive Edition BS. Do a remake. Anyway, apparently it's a remaster of the first game, not Bully 2. Unfortunately for now, there's no way to know who's right and who's wrong, and of course it's possible both are wrong. Whatever the case, there now seems to be even more evidence that something is indeed happening with the series. Over on the Reddit page dedicated to Bully 2, fans of Rockstar Games series have pointed out that the Rockstar Games website has been updated with a new logo, the same logo used by the company at E3 2005, right before the original game was announced. On the surface level, this seems like a tease that something with Bully is happening, but for now, this cannot be confirmed. Rockstar Games has a reputation for changing its logo depending on the game on deck. For example, with Red Dead Redemption 2, Rockstar changed its logo to the red and black version. This isn't quite the same thing, but it's certainly similar. We'll pause right there. I remember when they changed the logo on their Twitter account, and we all freaked out like, yo, we're getting Red Dead information. And the next day, we got that very tiny teasy tra teaser trailer and I believe it was the Vanderlyn gang up on a hill and a fire down in the distance and then riding down the hill. And that's the part from Red Dead 2 where you're helping out uh, the Native Americans, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, we like they changed the logo and sure as shit, we got Red Dead 2 info. So I think this is real. Unfortunately for now, all we have is speculation. At the moment of publishing, Rockstar Games has not addressed the speculation in any capacity. We don't expect this to change. Not only is Rockstar has it not committed on anything Bully or Bully 2 so far, but in general it doesn't comment on rumors, reports, leaks, or anything of the speculative and unofficial variety. However, if it breaks this tradition of silence, we'll be sure to update the story accordingly. In the meantime, and as always, feel free to leave a comment or two letting us know what you think, or alternatively hit me up at tw on Twitter at Tyler underscore Fisher to talk all things gaming. So you can follow Tyler if you're interested in that. Um, Bully's a really, really good game. 
this reminds me of the time where Rockstar did more than just be the GTA company. And people are like, well, they, you know, they're the Red Dead company too. We only have two Red Dead games. Really three if you count Red Dead Revolver. So three compared to GTA, where we're at GTA 5. You have GTA, GTA 2, GTA 3, which is the one that really broke things open. Then you have Vice City, San Andreas, then GTA 4, then GTA 5. Then you have Liberty City Stories, Vice City Stories, all these different things. There's a ton of GTA games. I understand it's the legacy of the company, and it's the reason the company is still around today. Deviate a bit. Go back to go back to Bully. Go back to Manhunt. Go back to Red Dead at some point. Just saying. Lastly, uh, this story comes from WCCFTech.com. Elden Ring creator explains why there are no rings and why he won't play it. Says the game is varied. Okay, this is interesting. Elden Ring is now officially less than two months away from its February 25th, 2022 release date. As part of the obligatory hype machine, creator and FromSoft software, Hidekata uh, Miziaki was interviewed by Edge Magazine, issue 367 if you guys want to look. Miziaki-san answered uh, several questions, including why there are no rings that players can actually wear in Elden Ring. Uh, quote, there are a couple of reasons for this choice. The first is that, yes, we explored rings as equipable items a lot in our previous games, Dark Souls particularly, and so Talismans this time allowed us to approach those ideas in a different way with a greater variety of designs. And the second reason is that, of course, rings do exist as a physical finger rings in this game, but more as unique items that are involved in the story and unique character events. So we wanted them to have a special positioning within the world of Elden Ring and also to be something different from a design standpoint in relation to the talismans. Miyazaki, that's the pronunciation, I'm sorry. Miyazaki then went on to say something slightly surprising. While Elden Ring is essentially his ideal game, he won't play it because he feels it wouldn't feel like a fresh experience having spent so much time working on it. I I can get that. Um, for those of you who don't know, if you're just listening to the Retro Voice Pod and you didn't know this, I am a uh, filmmaker, independent filmmaker. And we spent two years because covid forced us to pause working on a full-length feature film and the runtime I can't think of it off the top of my head but it ran so quick to me when I watched it back recently because I was on set every day except for one time to see this be filmed so I knew every single beat in my head knew every line this that and third so it's all flowing really quickly for anybody else that's watching with me they're like shit this is kind of long so I see where this guy is coming from um I don't know. I, I guess it's almost like there's an Aziz Ansari comedy bit where he met Kanye West and Kanye invited him back to his house. And Aziz says he got there, the door was cracked, and he walked in. And Kanye was listening to, I think it was My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And he's bobbing his head and he's like, nobody else was there. And he's like, are you in your own house on your own couch listening to your own music, bobbing your head? And Kanye was like, yeah, this shit is dope. And Aziz was like, okay. So it's like, it could come off as narcissistic to a certain degree if you were to like indulge in your own product, I guess. When I record this stuff, when I first started podcasting, I would listen back to every episode. Now I'm to the point where I, I've got it down so good, I do the edit and that's it. I don't hear it afterwards. I don't hear it afterwards. Uh, when I start new podcasts, yeah, I do go back and listen to the episodes and stuff like that. Once I get into a groove and a rhythm, I don't listen anymore. Because it does kind of feel a bit narcissistic to do so. 
So once I put it out to you guys, it's out there and I don't, I, you know, you would have to tell me, oh, you said this on this episode. I'd be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And this is my point of view on that. But I don't listen. So I kind of understand where he's coming from that. Um, Elden Ring will be particularly satisfying for the explorers, according to Miyazaki. That's partly thanks to the variety from software was able to put into the game. Another noteworthy tidbit from the interview is that mounted combat won't be forced on players in any way. It should be considered as just another viable strategy among many. Um, so yeah, if you guys are into that, go ahead and play Elden Ring. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to be playing the game. I just don't have any... It just does nothing for me. And they're like, the game's not out. You can't do anything. No, I don't. I'm not into the Souls genre of games. And I know this technically isn't a Souls game. It's just not my thing. Bloodborne. Everybody loves Bloodborne. I'm like, this game really sucks to me. I hate it. I don't like the Lord of the Rings. Um, I don't like Game of Thrones. It's crazy. And people are like, but you like Harry Potter. Yeah, but it's not the same. It's not the same at all. So a lot of that shit just misses the mark with me. So no, I'm not going to be playing this game. But you guys, I want you to enjoy it. That's not me saying, hey, don't play this game because Derek said so. That's not what I'm saying at all. It just doesn't do anything for me. But anyway, guys, I'm going to go ahead and tie a bow on this thing. Uh, to all my new listeners over at the Retro Boys Pod, welcome. I promise there's going to be more episodes with guests and things like that. Retro Boys Pod indicates that there were more boys than me. And there were initially, and that didn't work out. And then I had some guests scheduled and things happen, you know, COVID cases are surging and it's the holidays and stuff like that. So I want people to spend time with their family. We will get back to business. But again, if you're listening to this on the Retro Boys podcast and you're interested in hearing my topic, my thoughts on weekly gaming topics, then you need to listen to the weekly gaming. Again, the best place to do so is patreon.com slash the Derek Lamont experience. You get early access and then. It goes to the All Our Nonsense podcast, podcast Network and YouTube days later. So if you want early access, you need to be a patron. And tell your friends and family, patreon.com slash Derek Lamont Experience, because we don't only do gaming. And when I say we, I mean me. I don't only do gaming. I do a myriad of other things. Coming up, I'm going to review the Rocky franchise, because I've been watching a lot of Rocky over the holiday break. I love Rocky. And people are like, you're cheesy. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm from the 80s. Rocky is really fucking good. But anyway... Hope you guys are having a beautiful, blessed, and happy new year. Of course, my name is Derek, and that's all, folks. Peace out.